Green Mountain Chronicles was originally produced for radio by the Vermont Historical Society in the 1980s. We're re-releasing them today as retro podcasts. Please note that any resources the podcast recommends may be out of date. We recommend you check out our website, vermonthistory.org, for the most up-to-date information. Green Mountain Chronicles number 14, Dorothy Canfield Fisher. In every one of the succeeding generations of Vermonters, there have been a normal number of gifted, upright, and superior personalities, never heard of by the outer world, but known, valued, trusted, remembered, and often loved, still are, by their neighbors in village, town, and state. The rank and file... She said that all of her writing uh, was to explain people to themselves, and she wrote about the people she knew best. 1907, and a young Kansas-born writer named Dorothy Canfield marries John Fisher in New York. The couple immediately moves to Arlington, Vermont. There, on land owned by her father's family, and not far from her mother's birthplace in Rutland County, Dorothy Canfield Fisher settles in to write the stories and novels that will earn her a national reputation for both down-to-earth characters and progressive ideas. Many are set in Arlington, fictionalized by Fisher as Hillsborough. Her first collected book of uh, short stories, Hillsborough People, is set uh, in Vermont and was written largely to explain to her New York friends why two talented young people would take off for the hills and leave the bright lights behind them. Ida Washington of Weybridge is the biographer of Dorothy Canfield Fisher. She was a storyteller, of course, by nature, but she came from a long line of storytellers, and uh, one of the pleasures she remembered from her childhood was uh, uh, listening to the old people in her community tell stories, and a great deal of the Arlington material comes from that. She said none of the family characters or plots were exactly like real life, but they'd all got an inspiration in real life. Marjorie Townsend of Plainfield clearly remembers her and her family's friends. She was interested in life and in people. She was interested in why they do what they do and how they feel and why they feel that way. She wasn't any Freudian, you know, but she she knew a lot of psychology, just the same. And she knew a lot of psychology of women and children. She said once, I am not a feminist, but her life is a, a model of, uh, for feminism. She was the chief breadwinner in her family. She was the one who was active away from home more than her husband. Her most uh, strikingly feminist novel, The Homemaker, where a husband and wife switch roles and the wife goes out to earn the living and the husband stays home and raises the children. People accused her of writing a book for uh, women's rights there. She said, no, I'm not writing a book for women's rights, but for children's rights, because she said the person who was best fitted to raise the children ought to do so regardless of social conventions. In this way, she was far ahead of her time. Uh, she was the first person to popularize the Montessori method of education in this country. She was always tremendously interested in education. She was always on the side of the good things, you might say. And I suppose people nowadays would find these books terribly old-fashioned. She discussed unhappy marriages and, and uh, human relations in general. She was out of step with her own time as a literary person. Uh, she wrote at the same time as Faulkner and Dreiser and uh, Sinclair Lewis, uh, but her works, instead of being pessimistically realistic, uh, still keep some of the old value systems of the Romanticists. 
That romanticized, optimistic brand of realism apparently irritated Fisher's fellow Vermont writer, novelist Sinclair Lewis. She and Sinclair Lewis ran number one and number two on bestseller lists for years uh, with uh, his novel, uh, Main Street, and hers, uh, The Brimming Cup. They found themselves on the same speaker's platform one time, and Sinclair Lewis turned to Dorothy and said, Why do you write such lies? There's nothing Pollyanna about Dorothy Canfield. I don't think there's a really happy ending in one of her novels. Her heroines and heroes come to accept life rather than to revel in how beautiful it is. She left something on her desk when she died that said, uh, faith and hope in the potential of the human spirit. She realized that people didn't always achieve what they could, but she believed that people had the possibility of making something good out of all the bad chances that life hands us. Thanks for listening. This podcast was remastered by me, Amanda Gustin, and released by the Vermont Historical Society. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to get future episodes and rate and review it. Please also check out our website, vermonthistory.org, where you can find background information on these episodes, as well as other ways you can learn about Vermont history from home. The Vermont Historical Society relies on support from generous donors to preserve and share Vermont's stories. During these uncertain times, your support is needed now more than ever. Please consider donating today at vermonthistory.org donate.